Hello, everybody. We are live from quarantine on a Zoom call, and this is episode 11 of the Runaround Town, the Traverse City Track Club's best and only podcast going on right now. This is Jeff Hauser, and I'm with my host. Uh, Jesse Hauser. <laughs> we can't six. point. <laughs> yeah, we're getting used to this whole delay thing, too, a little bit with the video, so... Our apologies. <laughs> yeah. We, we got a, a fantastic episode. We got some uh, really fun interviews and uh, we're going to be uh, talking to Lisa Taylor. Uh, she's going to kind of give us the, the crazy timeline of the past few months for her and all the, the cancellations with Bayshore. And then we got our good buddy, Mike Swinger, Ask a PT. He's going to be giving you some great tips on uh, any of the foot issues that you might have uh, been experiencing lately. But let's kick into it. Kayla, how about the monthly intervals and splits? Yeah, so um, this is typically where we're highlighting um, where we're we're running um, for the track club fun runs and other events coming up on the calendar. As you may anticipate, most of those have been canceled right now or um, suspended. So if you are either registered for races or are, you know, looking at registering for races, just keep up with those races, the websites. I know that a lot of the race directors are working very hard to figure out what is the best and safest place for them to, or, you know, path for them at this point. So a lot of them, there may be some that have already been canceled, some that will be canceled coming up. Absolutely understand, understandable to be frustrated and annoyed that a big goal race is canceled. Just remember that. Let's treat everyone with respect there as far as, you know, the race directors. I don't yeah. think any of them want to be canceling their races. No. Um, and no one wants to have to disappoint all of their runners. A lot of them loyal runners look for these local races that come back year after year. So while we're all doing our part as far as keeping everyone safe, let's just remember to be very respectful with that too. But keep abreast with the calendar um, on the Traverse City Track Club website, tctrackclub.com. Also a quick note, the Grand Prix this year, which a lot of the local races, there are a series of races where you can achieve points as part of a as a member of the track club. And at the end of the year, typically, if you achieve 100 points, then um, you, there's a special Grand Prix award at the bank, the following year's banquet. Um, this year, the Grand Prix will be offered at 75 points. Um, this is due to a lot of the race cancellations. So just remember that if you already are you know, starting to accumulate those points, but wondering how you're going to get 100 with canceling races. Just know that that has been adjusted considering the current situation. Cool. I just wanted to add on top of that too, especially when talking about the races being canceled, don't forget that there are real human beings having to make these difficult decisions. These are your friends. These are your neighbors, your fellow runners and track club members. So let's be the great people that we are and show everyone respect and, and try and have some empathy for what they're going through as, as a, a director um, or team member. Because This is a really, really tough time on everybody for so many different reasons. So I think the best thing that we can do right right now is just be compassionate and try and try and be there for everybody and stay positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then another piece. So we still, you know, encourage everyone to be getting out, walking, running, enjoying the outdoors, even under the stay at home order. If you can practice social distancing and stay safe within your, um, within your activities, those are still encouraged. So I actually wanted to highlight, there's an infographic, a great infographic that the TART Trails um, organization has put out 
So if you go to traversetrails.org and there's a link about or a page about kind of using their trails safely, when you go to that link, there are all these resources, both state and federal um, resources around the COVID-19 pandemic, information about that. But they have this infographic that I appreciated seeing. And they give a, a list of six questions to ask. And if you answer yes to any of those six questions, they suggest, you know, finding another form of recreation as, you know, any of these items are kind of things to be watching out for right now. So just as a reminder, I'm going to run through those really quick. Um, One of the things, the first one is, will I be touching any surfaces that could transfer the virus? So things like a rest, you know, restrooms, hopefully, I think a lot of those have been closed, but restrooms, parking equipment, if I'm planning on using a picnic table, things like that, probably those are the items that you should avoid right now. The second question is, does this activity put me at potential in a risk for potential injury that would require medical attention? So while it would be great to go and, you know, try out that brand new, you know, bike on the best and fastest area, something like that, maybe just take it, you know, not on the breakneck speed or um, if you're running, you know, be in your comfort zone, just being, you know, careful and hopefully not ending up in the ER, we hopefully know, you know, aren't doing that anyways, but just one of those um, reminders that if there's things that are particularly more risky, just think about maybe adjusting that plan for the day. Um, the third question is, will it be difficult to maintain six feet distance from others engaging in activity? So again, if you're within your family unit, um, that's one thing. But if you're planning on running with a group, it's really not advised to do that right now. It's really, you know, right now it's just stick within the family unit or yourself. And then be on places that you can still do a six foot distance. So you can be on opposite sides of the trail if needed. You know, it isn't too narrow. The, fi- the third qu- or fourth question would be, will this put me in contact with any potentially vulnerable populations? So just knowing, again, I would love to go, you know, my grandma lives in Traverse City. I would love to go take her for a walk right now. But I know that that would not be the right thing to do, even, you know, out of love for her, things like that. So we just want to make sure that we're, you know, protecting those around us and keeping everyone safe. The fifth question is, is the parking lot of my recreation um, destination full? So it might be just a good tip if you show up at a trailhead and there's a ton of cars there might be a good place to pick another option. Um, depends on the trail, obviously, but if they're, if it seems like it's going to be a full day, choose a different place to go. And then the sixth item is, am I traveling far from home to access the Parker Trail? So with the stay-at-home executive order, it is, you know, ask that we stay within our kind of local radius. So just thinking, you know, it's probably not going to be the time to drive an hour to go somewhere, keep it a little bit closer as far as kind of the local trails, the local opportunities to go and enjoy the outdoors. So I thought that that infographic was great. And then if you need to look it up, it was on the Tart Trail website, again, at traverstrails.org. And uh, just uh, chiming in on what Kayla's talking about as well. Uh, you know, I, I have noticed a lot of the the tart trails, especially with the weather getting a little nicer, it's starting to get a little bit more packed out there. Uh, maybe think about other alternate running trails. Like one thing I've been doing is uh, hitting the neighborhoods uh, over on Washington Street and even going out on the East Bay. And I, I rarely see a, another soul within like, you know, a quarter mile of me. So there's a lot of options you can do to kind of separate yourself but still get the the quality miles that you want and also i i've personally been wearing a uh kind of mask over my my mouth and nose while running so just want you to know that you're not going to look like a dork out there i've seen so many people doing it so the uh, cdc is recommending it right now not 
just for grocery stores and uh, enclosed places. But yeah, you would not look like a nerd out there if you have a a face mask on. Plus, I was going to say, that's what I wear all winter when it's freezing and cold and keeping my my nose warm. So um, I always have a buff on anyways. (laughs) So those buffs come in handy for multiple purposes right now. Absolutely. But we're going to move along and I just want to always give some love to our wonderful sponsors that we have uh, on this program. And the first sponsor of this podcast is brought to you by rice. It's a great food, but it can also cure an injury faster. Rest, ice, compression, and elevate. These are some things that you can do if you're ever having an injury. Plus, the actual food rice If you put it in a sock and warm it up in the microwave, it's a great heat pad. So always remember Rice, one of our wonderful sponsors. We're going to kick it over to the aid station. And, you know, with all of us being kind of in quarantine and the stay-at-home order, we're just going to talk about how we are staying positive and active. Kayla. Yeah, so um, I have kind of a funny perspective on this in some ways. So I've actually um, worked from home for the past about three and a half years, ever since my husband and I moved back from California. I kept my same job, but I've been working remotely. So I have a home office. Um, I still have the 40 plus hour a week job, but it's just done out of a home office rather than a physical office where I had been before. However, what I found with this specifically is even though I was used to working from home, I had a setup, I had a routine, I didn't realize how much I relied on certain things to be in my day and in my week in order for that routine to actually still be there. So things like I kind of relied on having the YMCA where I had classes at certain times that got me out of the house or on Wednesday night, I always knew if all else fails, I will get out of the door by 6 p.m. I'll log off. I'll shut down email. I might have to check it and do some more work later on, but I'm going to go to fun run. So I had some different things built into my week that allowed me to get out and get active and have a routine. And with a lot of the things um, being either closed down or canceled, that has really shifted it for me to, I no longer have those things that were built in as my defaults for activity and exercise and routine. I've had to kind of build those back into my life completely at, you know, based out of the home or based out of out my front door rather than being in, you know, getting into a car and going somewhere. So a couple things that I found the first week um, with my son home full time from daycare, which he usually isn't, and the shift to not having events and activities outside of the house, I felt like I had zero routine. It was actually, um, yeah, definitely a stressful week. I felt like I looked at too much news. I, my eyes were hurting from looking at my both my work computer, so I had a lot more work due to the COVID as well. So with my work, it was impacted by that. We had an increase of work. And then, you know, looking at my phone for updates, I just felt like I had too much screen time, too much of a lack of routine. I was staying up late, not feeling great. And so I really realized I needed to do something different. And so one of the big things that I can just give a couple things anecdotally, one of the things was around the same time, a friend of mine from high school reached out and just was asking me, hey, what are your you know, tips for having a good routine with exercise? And I almost had to laugh because I'm getting this text after a week <laughs> of not doing anything and feeling pretty, you know, pretty off, pretty not myself as far as that. So we actually decided to make a little pact where we text each other at 6.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday <laughs> saying good morning and hey, good luck with this because we have made a pact to basically do something at 6.30 a.m. three days a week. So it's something where you know, I'm not getting to a class on time. I'm not 
doing something outside of the home, but it still is giving me that accountability. And even though we're not even doing a workout together, she lives in Indiana, um, I live in Michigan, the fact that we're just texting each other and we both know, we both dragged our butts out of bed before work to do something has given us a little motivation. So that was one thing, finding an accountability buddy that could be before work, after work, that could be midday, depending on, you know, what your schedule is. But um, that was one thing that was really helpful for me. It's really cool. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of like happenstance that that kind of came together at the right time. But I was mm-hmm. really thankful that she reached out to me that week because I was, I was needing the help. Like I was not, you know, this wasn't something I was on top of anyways. And then another thing is just allowing my expectations to be adjusted with those kind of things. So just knowing that right now, um, I keep telling my son this because He's, you know, four and a half, almost five years old. He does understand enough to know that this is very weird. He knows that there's a virus, but he also has these questions of why, you know, why can't I see my friends? Why can't I see my grandma and grandpa? How long is this going to go? You know, the questions that I have too. Mm -hmm. And so being very honest with him and telling him, you know, your dad and I have never been through something like this before. And even in telling him that it reminds me that for the most, you know, probably the large majority of us. We've never been through something like this before. This is completely new. So allow yourself some grace to adjust and know that, you know, if you have an off week or an off month, you know, or things are not getting done and you expected to be able to be on your training plan and because the kids are home or because, you know, work is different, you can't even manage to get two runs in in a week. That's okay. You know, it's, it's going to work itself out as long as you're doing what you can to stay healthy and positive. I think those are the bigger things, but um, yeah, it took some time adjusting to that and realizing, yeah, this isn't something that, you know, we can necessarily control all the variables here. So just do what you can. Exactly. How about you, Jess? Um, I'm a big one for making calendars. Usually our refrigerator has Jeff's training calendar and my training calendar and being pregnant and not training for a race really. Um, and now that I, th- I think we kind of all find ourselves in that boat, given given the situation, I really felt lost not having a routine. Wait, wait a second, you're pregnant? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I, it's our, our joke. Go. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is going to get it, so we might want to um, I really like making calendars. I I like having that accountability because it's on the fridge. So when I go to make dinner or when I go to grab something out of the fridge, I see it. It's right there. And it's important to set small and large goals and short and long-term goals. At least that's what I find for myself. And right now, it is just something for structure. Um, so right now I'm like short term, just trying to get um, a couple strength training workouts done during the day or during the week, excuse me, and trying to get cardio and you like I have all these little pieces of things that I want to try and get done and fit on a weekly schedule, you know, short term goals, just being wake up, put clothes on and take a shower exercise, you know, the little things like that, that some of us might be struggling with, just given the the anxiety and the stress of everything. And like Kayla was saying, just giving yourself that grace. Um, long-term goals, I'm really trying to um, set are just be strong for labor and delivery. So trying to work on exercises that will get me hopefully through um, a not awful labor in, in uh, about a month or so. 
And it's really helpful. Jeff has to remind me of this a lot. It's really helpful to remember that how good exercise is for the mood and how much better I feel after. So that that's something that I really need to, to remind myself. I, I like doing too, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, um, the Nike training, I think it's like Nike training club or something like that. They've got a free app. Um, I've been doing their um, some of their workouts and some of their classes, they offered their premium classes for free. So it's actually a guided class. And it's nice to see a different face telling me what to do and, and how to work out. So that's been nice. So, so mostly for me, my, my goals for staying positive and active have just been like setting little goals and keeping it small um, and short term will hopefully get me to the bigger picture of getting back to running postpartum and, and things along, along those nature. Yeah. And just to add, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're always reminded, Jeff helps to remind you that exercise is good for your mood. Um, I'd actually just even like put it a little bit even broader is I find that even just movement, like I will be sometimes on back to back calls all day for my job. I'm, you know, oftentimes on calls with different people. There'll be times I'm on calls for almost eight hours straight. And there'll be times where, yeah, I might have five minutes before one ends early before the next one. And doing something as silly as standing up and like waving my arms around quite literally, or standing up and just like jogging in place for five seconds, and then going and grabbing, you know, a snack, running to the bathroom, and then coming back for the next call. It's really funny how it sometimes when I say I need to go exercise, I instantly assume I need at least 20 minutes or I'm going to need like a set chunk of time. I'm going to need to change my clothes. I'm going to need to have a setup, but even just like movement throughout the day can also fit that bill. So just that's been like a lifesaver for me on some of those days where, you know, I didn't get a chance to exercise in the morning or I'm not going to in the evening or even maybe I did. And it's just been hours since then. And I've been sitting down the whole time realizing that even just, you know, I'll be on a call and stand up and down from my chair five times and then I'll sit back down and keep, you know, paying attention, but just doing silly little things that are just movement. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you know, sit down for 20 minutes or, or well, exercise for 20 minutes. It can be something very random and just moving the body. It's a good reminder because I, I think we're as runners and training and racing fiends, we're so used to, we got to make the most of it. We got to get like a, a full hard workout in. And it's just a good reminder to set those short term, like those little goals, just something really little. Like I, I like to take a dry erase marker and I write um, little notes on the mirror in the bathroom so that I always see it. And one of my, I, I have a, I have a list of things that I need to do every day. And it's things like, um, you know, just try and get some stretching done, um, eat healthy, but like, anyway, um, go outside is one of the things that I put on my daily list. Like just open the door, walk on the, on the, patio, even if it's just to get the mail or something, that's a, a little goal that I set for myself every day. And it, it might not seem like much and it might be silly, but it helps a lot just to get that fresh air, just to get outside. Yeah, those are all great things that I, I'm also doing. Uh, speaking of reminders, uh, since uh, I'm working from home right now, and thank you to my job for letting me do that is uh, on my Outlook, I set a reminder every two hours that says, get up, stretch, and heat. Uh, I'm 
still battling a slight bit of an Achilles injury. But with this reminder that I've put on my outlook to remind me every two hours, it says stretch and heat. So I get up, I go outside, get some fresh air. I stretch my Achilles out and then I uh, heat up a heating pad and I put that on there. So I'm just really maintaining my Achilles injury. And that is actually helping me continue to push through my what would have been my Bayshore training. I'm, I was training for the full marathon and I've continued to uh, plow along with my Hanson's uh, training schedule. So, Which he's crushing, by the way. I just need to put that out there. He's hitting, <laughs> nailing all his paces. He's doing such a great job. He's not on Strava, so no one else knows. Someone's got to, you know, toot his horn. <laughs> and, and according to Sylvan, it doesn't count, but... <laughs> I don't know it's if not listens, Strava. <laughs> I don't know if Sylvan listens to this, but uh, it counts, buddy. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that that's uh, that's what's been uh, a lot of fun is just staying with a mar- marathon training program. I always have that to look forward to after work to get me out the door. And like I said, I've been uh, altering my uh, my routes to make sure that I am practicing as much social distancing as possible to where I barely see anybody on my runs, which is very very nice. Um, and then to stay positive, I think like everyone's doing uh, with the program we're recording this podcast on is Zoom. Uh, I think I've connected with more people nowadays than uh, I usually do uh, in a, a year. So it's been really, really nice to have that connection with people. And uh, yeah, at, at least for my uh, my training, everything is going on plan. So uh, uh, in a month, I'm going to have a, a new task ahead of me, hopefully with a uh, our, our son coming along and then uh, potentially starting to train for the Ironman in August. I don't know how the heck I'll do that. So any dads out there that want a personal message me to tell me how the heck you do this, please do. But enough about me. Let's, uh, let's turn it over. You guys, it really stinks that Bayshore was canceled this year. So we kind of want to give you the behind the story of how this all came to be, you know, the timeline of all the, really tough decisions that our executive director, Lisa Taylor and the Bayshore race committee had to, you know, go through to even come to the decision to cancel it. So uh, without further ado, I think we're going to turn it over to Lisa Taylor and she is going to kind of give you the, the big story and the big picture about how Bayshore was canceled. Here you go. All right, everybody, it's time for uh, a very, very special guest. She's been on the podcast before. Right now, it's under unfortunate circumstances due to the whole COVID-19 pandemic that's going around, but we have the executive director for the Traverse City Track Club, Lisa Taylor, here, and uh, this is going to be a a, a pretty informative podcast. part of the podcast, especially because, uh, you know, she's been helping a lot with Bayshore and putting it on and nobody knew really what was going to happen leading to all this, uh, leading up to the the whole pandemic that is going on right now. You know, uh, lots of races were starting to cancel and uh, she had to make some very, very tough decisions in a very, very short amount of time. So uh, I got to say hats off to to Lisa. Anybody else have anything? Thank you, Lisa, for everything that you're doing to try and make this the easiest uh, situation possible, because it is not not one I think any of us anticipated. No, definitely not at all. and, uh, you know, Lisa, we'd, uh, we'd kind of just love if you could, uh, not love, but, you know, if you could paint the story of just 
the timeline and the story of how you came to the decision that the Bayshore Marathon and all the other races uh, ended up having to be canceled? Well, actually, we I got some good practice really early on with um, locally, and a lot of people are aware of this on a wider level. Locally, we got uh, sort of a dry run on the idea of really doing some big changes to Bayshore because we had that erosion problem out on Bluff Road. Um, And as a result of working with people in such a a productive and positive way locally, like the Road Commission, the Peninsula Township, um, the city, uh, we got kind of a a head start on how to work together with other organizations and come up with some good solutions. And that all turned out really well because um, we had a plan B that we were ready to go with if we couldn't run on Bluff Road because of uh, water erosion due to the high waters in uh, the Great Lakes and, well, lakes everywhere. Um, so that was that was good practice. And it was... Um, such a positive experience when this came on uh, as a potential problem. It was, um, I felt like I had gained a valuable lesson about working with different organizations to come up with a solution that would be a win-win kind of thing for everybody. And so um, that that was the starting point. And that was back, oh gosh, that was back in uh, the first part of the year. Yeah, I remember at uh, some of our board meetings, uh, we were discussing that and we were kind of coming up with plans already to, to, you know, how we would tell that to anybody who had registered for the race. Right. Yeah. And so that, that was great experience. And then um, I first started thinking that we were going to have to do something um, and be prepared to start uh, finding out what our options would be. For me, it was as early as being in Atlanta for the trials, the Olympic trials marathon. You know, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of running, but I also, whenever I go to events or participate in other events, I'm always watching really closely how they're doing doing what they do because um, Bayshore and as our big event for our organization, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, we're, we're, and you guys as board members, we're always thinking about what can we do to make this a better event. And Now, now Lisa, can I, uh, just for any of our listeners who don't really know the impact that Bayshore has on just kind of the, the success of the track club and the community, paint that picture real quick. So Bayshore really is uh, responsible for almost all of our income as an organization. And I can be real transparent here. Um, We approach $750,000 a year in income from $750,000 a year. That's three quarters of a million dollars of income from Bayshore. And so internally, what we're trying to do is produce a great event, but also uh, work locally with vendors and different organizations to um, you know, provide a great product at the same time, also having a, a large amount of profit in the end so that we can then go out and carry out our um, mission, which um, part of it has to do with being charitable and giving back to our community. Yeah. One thing that I'd really like to point out too, is that we're not 
profiting off of Bayshore. A lot of people are thinking that, or not necessarily local people, but when races get canceled, people think that, you know, oh, they're keeping the money because they need to pay their employees, things like that. Like we're volunteering. We've got volunteers. We've got bills to pay. So I think it's really important to highlight that the money from Bayshore isn't going into the pockets of people. It's going to student athletes. It's going to local vendors and things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're a 501c3. Our, our 990 report is a public document and we, in our mission, uh, a big part of what we want to try to do is give back to our community so that we can see more people benefiting from being runners and walkers and benefiting in, in our community directly. We, we can't use those funds for anything else but things that are related to our mission. And so um, it's, a, it's a really fun process to be a part of when you are a member of this board, as you all are. It's, it's a fun Fun thing to be able to do well with Bayshore, have people be happy, have people come back and say that was a great experience, and at the same time, have a really nice profit margin so that we can then take that money and give it back to our community. And we give back about a quarter of a million dollars every year because Bayshore, since about the year 2000 when it first became profitable, there's a there's a long record of charitable giving, and um, I think we've been able to communicate that message through this process of having to cancel. The way we have crafted that message every week when we would do our updates was intentional, so that people would understand that they're they're basically a a part of our mission. They're they're becoming a part of doing what we can do in our community to support our mission and to support running and walking as a healthy lifestyle and life enriching behavior. Yeah. Now, Lisa, I, I apologize. I cut you off. Now, last uh, you were talking about your at in Atlanta and kind yeah. of like all this was starting to kind of build to a, l- a little bit more seriousness than it was back in you know late January and early February. Yeah, right. So you're in Atlanta, you're watching the trials, you're in the the nation's largest running city with the nation's largest running club. Everybody there is a huge fan of the sport. And so the buzz on the street was the virus. Uh, Tokyo is going to be canceled. Um, Boston might be canceled. And so it was definitely... Um, it was all I could do to get back and, and get started on being ready for this this process of seeing what we were going to do with Bayshore. And at that time, it wasn't, oh, we're going to cancel. It was, what do we need to do on the back end to get ready if we do have to cancel? And then conversation shifted to, well, should we postpone it? Um, should we defer and and then started to listen to webinars from Running USA and RRCA about what different events we're doing across the country. And so we got to work getting our, our registration platform built out from the back end so that when when it was time to make a decision that pretty much all we had to do was push a button. Now, now- I've, I've heard a lot of people talk like, why didn't we do a virtual race or why didn't we not push it to uh, late September? Uh, was, what was the decision behind that? Um, we, in hindsight, one of the things that's in play right now is being, a res- being responsible in this time of crisis, in this time of strange <laughs> happenings where f- pretty much from hour to hour and day to day and week to week, things are changing 
-hmm. at the time, the decision to not go virtual had most most to do with what the offering was at the time for virtual events. And because we were able to stop the process of producing our medals, um, printing all of the shirts, we hadn't ordered our bibs yet. We didn't feel we had anything to offer in terms of what virtual events could offer. And um, so now, you know, we chose not to do it. And now, as it turns out, there have been a lot of other great opportunities that have popped up that have kept people safe and away from each other. Mm -hmm. So that was a primary concern at the time is, number one, we don't have anything to give. Uh, we don't have a medal. We don't have a shirt. We don't have a bib. But those are those are the kind of the, the staples of a, a great virtual event. And so uh, that's, why, that's why we chose not to do a virtual event. We wanted to put our energy toward getting ready for next year too. So the, you know, the shirts are, the ones that have been printed already are going to be in storage along with the other shirts that haven't been printed yet. Um, the medals, we, we already got into that process and we've paid that bill. Um, so we'll have to start over from scratch with the medals for next year. And then... Um, the bibs were not a huge expense, but uh, those would be color-coded depending on the event you were in, and we were able to hold off on those. So uh, next year, we'll be able to, to really do those up with some great customization and a strong message about what we're trying to accomplish as an organization. And right. that's the virtual. That's why we didn't go virtual. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's where you were. You were like, okay, we can't do virtual. So then what was the process from there? Well, then it was... You know, you look at the, the big um, dilemma for race directors all over the country has been the waiver and the no refund policy. Most people who have participated in a race up until this point have pretty much across the board signed a waiver through the registration platform that says no refund. And so we were like, ah, we, we've got to we've got to give something back to people to maintain the goodwill of our name and um, be able to, you know, be back next year. And so we thought, well, let's go with a 50% refund. And it wasn't just, oh, 50%. That sounds like a good number. We had a finance committee meeting that met um, in a sort of an emergency situation to look at how canceling was going to impact our budget. And based on expenses that we had already incurred and the options that I suggested, which were to defer, to do a refund or to offer for people to donate. Um, when the finance committee crunched the numbers on that, we felt that it would be really fair to give a 50% refund to those people who wanted to choose that option. We also thought it would be fair to offer defer. And most races, when they offer the option to defer, will also charge again, when it comes time to, to take advantage of being able to defer. And we chose as a committee to not charge a finance fee or um, a, a deferment fee. Um, so we felt good about that option. And then the donate option, what we have found from that is that in our five-county area with Antrim, Benzie, Kalkaska, Grand Traverse County, Leelanau, County, those are people who donated their, their entry. And so that was really mm -hmm see. So we wanted to offer options. And so instead of just saying you can do this one thing, we wanted to offer several things. And as it's turned out, I think, I think we're, we're seeing people be pretty happy with that. 
Would you guys agree? I, I definitely, I mean, of all the races that are going on nowadays, that, that fine print that says no refunds, it, a lot of them are holding true to no refunds. So to even get 50% back or just to defer to next year, that's very cool to me. Kayla, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, um, considering the no refund policy, it definitely, I was, um, I'm part of the finance committee as well. And I was really happy to see those options suggested. And then when we were able to crunch the numbers and see that they could, you know, we could go forward, let's say everyone asks for a refund or everyone defers, you know, we went through the scenarios as in kind of the quote unquote worst case, you know, what would it look like from a financial standpoint? And those were options that people were comfortable with. And so it was really, I was really happy to see those options out there. I know that it's always hard when you have to draw a line somewhere and say, you really do only have three options. And I also, so I'm on track club finance committee, but I'm also on the Bayshore side on the committee and um, support some of the social media. So um, definitely saw the spectrum of folks who were very appreciative of that and folks who were, you know, frustrated and, you know, annoyed that they couldn't get a refund back, which is also very understandable. You know, I, I certainly understand the fact that this is, it's crushing to have something that you have a big goal and you have paid money. It is an investment for so many runners. So it's one of those, I definitely understand all ends of the spectrum, but from a, um, from a level of seeing options, I was really happy that we were able to offer that and that hopefully that, um, that is seen for what it is, which it really was, a, you know, the track club and the Bayshore committee really trying to put out there something that yes, it's not a happy situation for anyone. We'd all rather be running on Memorial weekend. No one wants to have a right. canceled race. Um, but considering the circumstances, hopefully there were options that were palatable for everyone. I hope that um, everybody who signed up understands how huge it is that the Bayshore committee and finance committee was able to come up with these options because we do for every single race that we sign up for. We always, I don't read them, but we always kind of blindly sign the waivers. We know we're not going to get a refund if we get injured or anything like that. And even deferring, like I had to defer my um, first marathon because of an injury. And I knew I was going to have to pay for that race two different times. And I'm not going to write an angry email. So I, I hope that people understand how hard you guys have been working to make these options work instead of just a blanket. Nope, it's canceled. It's done. It is what it is. It's been really encouraging to see friends on Facebook and social media um, donating their their entries and just they, they understand they, they get the big picture how this is really important to our committee now Lisa I know you have a bunch of stats for the different options that people are are choosing do you want to throw those our way and, and probably a good reminder too to let everyone know what the date uh, the deadlines are yeah um let me pull up uh the stats we had about four point five percent of our over 70, almost 7,200 people is what we're talking about in terms of stats. And um, we had about 4.7% of people donate their, um, their entry because um, they want, they're, they're likely to be people who itemize their taxes. And when you go through that formality of donating your entry, you click that button, I want to donate my entry fee. Um, you automatically get sent back a, um, a 
document that you can use for itemizing your tax refunds if you do that. And so we've already sent out all of the um, tax tax related documentation that a person would need if they wanted to be able to um, deduct that from their from their um, taxes. Yes. And if nobody take if, if they don't take action, it will automatically be donated. I know a lot of people were um, holding off and not necessarily doing anything because isn't the uh, the default it will be donated if you don't take action by those deadlines? Right. Yep. And we okay. uh, we wanted to be sure people knew that, and we know that there are some people who are they're just gonna you know, they've got other things going on right now and they're, they know it's going to be donated and they might not itemize. They might not really need to have that tax document letter that we send out. And so um, we are aware uh, that a lot of people are just going to take no action. Um, but we've, we just want to be clear um, to, to thank them for letting us keep that basically keep that entry fee and it will be considered a, a donation from our end because of um, our structure as a 501c3 organization and entry fees are looked upon as donations in, in the eyes of the IRS. And so, yeah, it's, um, there are some people there. We, I saw just some local people um, comment back to our president who is one of our frequent Facebook persons who posts fun things and um he Jim always, Graham? yeah yeah he always reposts our race updates and he had a couple people comment jim don't forget a lot of people just don't want to take the time to get on their computer and push that button uh you can call us lazy but there will be people who who won't need to take the action that we've offered and uh they will know that that money will be put to good use if if they don't push that donate button. Yeah, and the stats on that are um, about, when I wrote this uh, stat update last week, it was about 26% um, had not taken action, and we were at about 58% had deferred to the 2021 event, which is May 29th, 2021. Um, and then, let's see, like I said, uh, 4.7 donated their entry fee, and then about 11.5% uh, um, asked for the refund. So I think our finance committee is going to be able to, to guide us further once um, the dust settles on what people have done. But these are giving us some good direction on where we can start looking for 2021 planning and what we're what if we need to revise our budget for 2020, which has already been approved by our board. So um, we still don't know the, the impact, but I think, I think these numbers are reflecting that there's some really cool people out there that love the Bayshore event. And there's a lot of people who want to come back next year, which really gets me excited to think about having those people back and um we know all their names and we have plans to really be able to make them feel proud of what they've done uh both to come back or to donate and so yeah it should it should be a great year next year if everything's back to normal and we can have it as as we hope we can absolutely well lisa i know you got some red mesa uh takeout <laughs> that you got to get to 
uh, very Just soon. Uh, local restaurants, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that curbside pickup. I, we've been doing it a ton at Filling Station as well, which oh, has been uh, treating the track club nicely by providing a Wednesday quarantine fun run discount. So make sure everybody yeah. check that out to the Filling Station. But uh, we really loved having you on. It was really cool hearing the story and you're a hero, like saving this club left and right every single day. And uh, anybody else? Yeah, I was just to say, yes, thank you, Lisa, so much for your leadership. It's been cool to see both sides being both on track club board, but also on the Bayshore committee. And I would also be remiss to not give at least a big shout out to the entire Bayshore committee. Um, Julie, who stepped up and was heading up um, the Bayshore, you know, from the perspective of event management this year. And then there's about 15 to 20 folks who are make up that volunteer Bayshore committee, each with individual roles and a ton of work went into this starting back and I think we were having emails, you know, September, October of last year and meetings starting in December all the way through, you know, still currently making sure everything is going well. So big shout out to the Bayshore committee as well, because that's been a huge team effort all the way around. Right. Yep. They're hard at work getting ready for next year for sure. Thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing. And Track Club members, if you know someone who's been working really hard on Bayshore, reach out and just, just say thanks for everything that they're doing, trying to make this a, as smooth of a transition and uh, as possible. So thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you guys for all you do. And thanks for letting us get our stories out there in such a fun, creative way. And keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Thank you, Lisa. All right. Bye, Lisa. Thank you to Lisa for stopping by and uh, virtually stopping by and giving us a little bit of a description or help us get inside of her head as to what was going on. And hopefully that helps everybody else understand why the tough decision had to be made. It stinks, really, really stinks. But let's talk about how we can stay connected and motivated. Um, Like Jeff said, he's still continuing his training during this stay home, stay safe order. It's hard to stay connected with friends. Some things that I've been seeing is a lot of fun Strava maps. I saw someone, I saw on Strava, someone had spelled out stay home, stay safe by uh, weaving through all of the streets, which I thought that was really cute. I personally am partial to the, you know, spell. Oh, it wasn't anyone that we knew. It was um, just, it was through like the the Strava newsletter, or, or I think it wasn't through track club, but we all know I'm a little partial to, to maps in general. And then of course that's how Jeff proposed was through a map. So I think it's fun. Get out there, spell something fun, stay safe. Uh, just because we can't run with other people right now doesn't mean we can't go out and, and have some fun on the streets. Make it fun for yourself. Are you continuing your training? You know, set those personal goals, keep up with your training. Just because you're not getting a medal at the end of this training doesn't mean you didn't work hard. Doesn't mean that you did anything less. So try and reshape how you look at training and and appreciate it. We love seeing everybody posting their runs to social media and track club. It's it's just like, it's the best that we can do right now since we can't do the fun runs and and get to catch up with everybody that way. Thank goodness that we we do have that that club page. So keep posting your runs, keep posting your training, your biking, everything. Let us know how you're doing and and send out a nice message to everybody, to encouraging everyone, comment and just let's stay connected the best way that we can right now. And um, 
try something new. That's something that I've been doing. Um, I, I miss running and I, I miss getting out there and, and walking a bunch and being with run club, but you know, being in a position where we're Jeff and I are being extra, extra careful since we are going to have a, a baby in a, a month or so, we really have to be careful what we do. So I'm doing a lot of home programs. Um, I know Peloton has a, they've extended their free trial from 30 days to 90 days. And there's a lot of classes on there. You don't have to have a stationary bike to do some of their stuff. They've got weights, they've got yoga, they've got treadmill classes and they're all free right now if you sign up for their free trial I just had to sign up with an email um, that's been really fun really high energy and just you're not out any money so try something new try some yoga speaking of yoga Sarah Townsend is doing yoga classes online I think we can find those on Facebook um, Sarah and Susan have been posting how you can get connected that way. And Modus 45, they're doing, at least I saw as of today, free classes on Tuesday, but they've got virtual classes that you can do as well. Modus 45 is, a, for those who don't know, I really love it. It's great for runners. It's been great for pregnancy too, especially in the second and third trimester. A lot of, it's more of a cross training, I think, if you guys would agree. And I then, uh, like I PR'd uh, uh, my marathon PR. I trained with uh, Modus 45, so there's that. Yeah, total body workout stuff. Um, a lot of hip and glute and core exercises. Um, I really liked it. And then the Nike Training Club, they've got an app too. Um, not just their running one, but they have their premium classes free right now, which has been nice. It's actually a person leading you through them. I like having that visual and that help. And, you know, it's just nice to, while I'm stuck at home, see someone else's face telling me <laughs> what exercises to do other than me just trying to wing it. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing physically and what I recommend everyone to do to stay connected and motivated. And remember to reach out to friends and family. You know, if you are going out for a walk, call someone. You know, you can still still chat. If you can't go for a walk or run with your regular group, both of you guys go, but go separately and have your phones and uh, call each other. You can still stay connected. I like calling my, my grandparents when we, when we go for walks and things like that. Try to check in with someone every day and that'll really, really help the, the social distancing feel less empty, I guess the best way to do it. I think we talk more to our friends and, and family now than, than we, we do when we're all caught up with work and everything. All right, cool. Thanks, Jess. We're, we're going to get over to the cross training with a little trivia from Kayla. Yeah. So question this week is, the Traverse City Track Club is dedicated to supporting students for whom the mission of our organization is an integral part of their lives and they receive financial assistance to continue to develop their talents and excel in higher education. So founded in 2010, the TCTC scholarship program has awarded how much in scholarships over those years to local students? So the answers would be A, $10,000, B, $50,000, C, $100,000, or D, $200,000. I'll pass it over to Jeff before I give you the answer. And before we get to that answer, we always like to provide a friendly reminder of the Traverse City Track Club's mission. The Traverse City Track Club promotes and encourages health, fitness, fellowship, community service, 
family recreation, and competition via running and walking. We welcome all ages and abilities. So Kayla, let's hear that answer. Yeah, so since 2010, the Traverse State Track Club has awarded nearly $200,000 to over 100 area students. So the answer is D, $200,000. Scholarships are available to graduating high school seniors and current college students in Antrim, Benzie, Grand Traverse, Kalkaska, and Leelanau. So these are, you know, great opportunities. Scholarships range from $500 to $2,000 for higher education at colleges and universities across the nation. Great opportunity for the track club to give back and to help both the next generation as well as the next generation of runners and community members who are supporting, you know, running and walking in their, in their life and in their community. So um, this is one of those things that, you know, as We've been talking a little bit about Bayshore. This is one of those programs that Bayshore does fund. So just as a reminder, as you know, you're looking at whether it's a sign up, you know, your Bayshore options for this year, or even just considering Bayshore as a race in the future, knowing that a lot of, again, a lot of the proceeds from Bayshore, they go right back into the community. And this is one of the facets along with grants and other um, track club programs. So a great opportunity to, you know, just have a good reminder of that. Thanks, Thanks, Kayla. So it's time to uh, get to our second sponsor of the podcast. And this second sponsor is being an awesome human being. And what I mean by that is people that just surprise you and do awesome things that you weren't expecting. And our next guest who has been on the podcast before is a prime example of being an awesome human being. Uh, We always wanted to kind of bring a physical therapist type view to this podcast and all of a sudden, my phone rings one day, and it's Mike Swinger, and he says, hey, I'd love to contribute to your podcast, and I think that's a classic example of being an awesome human being. Uh, so, Mike Swinger, thank you so much for being an awesome human being, and we're going to kick it over to you right now, and he's going to give us some great tips on any foot injuries that you might be experiencing, and he really goes into super detail, so without further ado, Here's Ask a PT with Mike Swinger. All right. You've loved him. We've loved him. Everybody loves him. He's back <laughs> for another episode. Mike Swinger, our Ask a PT segment. And I have no clue how he is handling this quarantine right now. He has five kids currently. So without further ado, here's our Ask a PT with Mike Swinger. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Jeff. I'm doing well. How about you? We're we're hanging in there, you know. It's just it's just Jess and I and the cats and our uh, our son that's growing in our tummy right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, we're the, on the same page as you with the cats. <laughs> Jeff, you just jinxed it. You just jinxed us, and uh, this child is now going to be have the strength of five kids. So thank you for cursing us. You've got to make the NHL somehow. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for joining us again, being on the podcast. We love having you on and we're really excited to talk with you. Oh, my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. And um, yeah, always, always fun conversations. So yeah, thanks for having me. Very cool. Now I know uh, you specifically wanted to chat about some foot and core injuries or even strength that you can be doing. So just kick into it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, and just in, you know, chatting about what topics would be pertinent. um, I think uh, foot issues as well as core strength are kind of always, I guess, big buzzwords or big kind of hot button topics. And so 
I just thought those would be things that were thrown out there, not only to just kind of geek out for a minute, but also to give a few practical things that uh, that we can be working on uh, at home. Because I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you know, are finding themselves over the last few weeks just in some totally different routines. And, um, you know, personally, um, I've been really using this time to try to, you know, establish some new routines and, and uh, yeah, get myself better position for when uh, racing and events actually kick back in. Yeah, so I wanted to provide, you know, a few a few exercises, a few things to add into your daily routines to, to get yourself better prepared for when racing uh, racing season does come upon us again. Uh, so with, with foot issues, you know, we, you've all heard of uh, plantar fasciitis and uh, probably some other foot issues. And, um, you know, and, and again, I don't, I don't want to you know, geek out too much on things, but uh, I think the important thing to realize is you know, as runners, we, we abuse our feet a lot. Um, every time your foot hits the ground, there's, there's 26 bones in each foot and 33 unique joint movements that need to take place with every, uh, with every step that you take. And the typical distance runner, their foot is on the ground for between two-tenths of a second and three-tenths of a second. So if you think about that, how many, you know, 33 unique joint movements have to take place in under three-tenths of a second? And that's a lot. And it's very quick and it's very subtle, but it needs to happen gracefully because if it doesn't, then problems arise. And, and Mike, I got to so, imagine yeah. everyone's foot strike, since we all strike a little bit different, you know, Jeff is a heel striker, I strike on my forefoot. I got to imagine that each individual, um, individual's different strike kind of causes different different pains, different injuries. Yeah, yeah. And this is an area that there's a lot of research being done by people who are smarter and more academic than me. But uh, um, these are the guys that I pay attention to. And yeah, the type of foot strike that you that you do, um, you know, some people choose to, you know, try to adapt their foot strike a different way. And, you know, that can be good, that can be bad. That's, you know, that could almost, we could go off on a big rabbit trail there. But um, yeah, typically, if you're more of a forefoot striker, then you are putting more of your stress on your feet and on your calves. Um, whereas if you're, um, if you're more of a heel striker, then more of the stress goes up to your, your knees and your, and your quads. And so kind of depending on who you are and what your predispositions are, you know, can definitely shape where you're going to be the most, I guess, the most efficient. Um, so if you have, if you're kind of old and have some knee arthritis or something, or maybe you're not even old, but just have knee issues, well, then maybe you might do better to adapt a more forefoot strike. Whereas if you've struggled with a lot of toe issues and plantar fasciitis and calf issues, well, then maybe being a, a little bit of a heel striker might do better for you. So yeah, that's a good point, Jesse. So I guess some of the some of the common underlying issues that I that I see in the clinic uh, amongst runners and non-runners is uh, you know when you go to when you when you run when you strike the ground your foot has to pronate a little bit and that basically means your your foot flattens and that's normal and that's good uh, as long as there's not too much of it because I think the word pronation uh, got villainized uh, amongst the the footwear world you know a lot of shoes. Uh, trying to prevent overpronation and things like that. So some pronation is a good thing and is actually needed. Um, but when it comes to the actual push-off part, uh, what I see often is that a lot of people don't have enough flexibility of their big toe. Now, that's not something that many people even give much thought to. But if you don't have at least, uh, I think, 30 degrees 
of extension of your big toe, uh, when you at the point of push off, then your foot is going to move differently. And that in and of itself can put a lot more stress on on your big toe. Uh, I believe it can be an underlying factor for uh, the development of bunions, uh, which none of us want those. And uh, again, for plantar fasciitis type, uh, type issues. So just simply, oh, go ahead. Now, how do you uh, work on your flexibility of your big toe? What? That's not part of your daily routine already, Jeff? I mean, come on. I think I've been doing it, but tell me how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now the easiest way is, um, well, for one, a quick test for that is um, if, you're, if you're sitting down, what you do is just kind of sit down but with your feet flat on the floor and just pull your big toe up. And you need to have at least 30 degrees of extension basically at the, at the ball of your at the ball of your foot, so where your, your big toe, the base of your big toe. But here's the kicker. Just about everybody has that when there's no weight on your foot. But the trick is, is can you still do it when you've got a lot of weight on your forefoot? And you can even, like, you can test that for yourself, even where you're sitting there or wherever you're listening to this. Um, and if you still have 30 degrees, even while you've got a lot of pressure on your big toe, or on, the, on what we call the first metatarsal phalangeal joint, Sorry, I just bored myself just using that word. But I love it. I love it. Keep it coming. <laughs> okay. Um, but if you've got a lot of pressure on your on your the ball of your foot and you can still um, pull your toe up 30 degrees, then you're probably okay. Um, but a lot of times that's where a lot of people lose uh, motion. They find that it, all of a sudden their their motion really gets clamped down. So that's off. Uh, that's probably more prevalent than uh, than a lot of us realize. Um, so to work on that, the easiest way really is to get into like a traditional uh, calf stretch, but find something to prop your big toe up onto. Um, so it could be a, a rolled up towel, uh, could be some other little wedge. Uh, if you've already got some sort of a stretching wedge that you use for your calf anyway then uh, just use that just for your big toe and then do your calf stretch that way with your big toe already propped up. And what you'll feel is more of a stretch in the arch of your foot. And um, that's, that's where you need to, that's where you need to do it. So does that answer your question, Jeff, uh, directly enough? Absolutely. And just as uh, you know, everybody's homeschooling, this is where you can have your kid bring out the protractor and set it to 30 degrees. And, you know, I'm trying to just give tips to the, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, some uh, some uh, geometry uh, in a practical applied way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Never even thought about that. Hey, you know, I'm going to call my daughter up here right now. <laughs> Get the compass out. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, as far as foot stuff goes, that really, I think, is probably the most, um, I guess, overlooked issue. And it can be a, an underlying issue for plantar fasciitis. Um, it can be an underlying issue for, like I said, uh, the development of bunions. Um, and what it does is, is uh, I use the analogy of it, if you can push off your big toe in a clean way, it's, a, it's the equivalent of uh, if you ever watch a pole vaulter, uh, you run, 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 you get a good bend out of your pole, and then that pole really helps to you know, spring you up over the bar. And so if your big toe is flexible enough, then it can act like a good springy pole vault pole. But if your big toe is too rigid, then it'd be like that same pole vaulter trying to pole vault, except for using uh, like a steel pipe. So what would happen is he'd go, he'd plant, and you'd go to lift off, but instead of springing up over the top, you'd just go glancing off to the side. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. And so then, cool. And so if you think about that as far as your foot goes, you know, when you go to push off, you should be able to push off in a fairly straight way. 
if your big toe, and it should go right through your big toe, but if your big toe is too rigid, then your foot is either going to twist one way or the other, causing you to overpronate or causing you to have a little bit of a heel whip, which can cause a lot of forefoot issues, can contribute to hip imbalances and just all kinds of not good things. Now with a foot pain, a lot of people keep uh, describing this one thing, like it feels like a, like a needle or a nail is like right in the base of my foot, I guess. What is that injury? Well, I guess a classic textbook plantar fasciitis or fasciopathy or what, whatever term you want to throw at it is yeah very very sharp pain right on the bottom of your heel and a lot of times you feel that first thing in the morning you know first time you put your foot on the ground just this real excruciating pain so if it's there then that would be yeah plantar fasciitis but you can have it in other parts of your foot is that what you meant jeff yeah i was actually like trying to like if our listeners are like hey i don't know what plantar fasciitis is but i have this nail in the bottom of my foot i just wanted to see if that was <laughs> the exact same thing yeah no thanks for asking and yeah quite i guess i, I shouldn't just assume that yeah plantar fasciitis is is common for the non-medical community as it is as it is for me but most runners have probably heard of it mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah so it can, it can either come from the plantar fascia which is a real thick band of connective tissue that runs from um the front of your heel bone all along the underside of your arch to the base of your five toes. So that's usually where it comes from. And it's just irritation or kind of inflammation of where it attaches onto the bone. Uh, but sometimes there's also, there's uh, several muscles that originate deep to that. And there's one called your flexor hallucis brevis. And uh, where that originates from is right, I guess, right underneath the plantar fascia, or I, I guess I should say it's deep to the plantar fascia. And that can get irritated as well, the muscle itself. So sometimes you can have pain there and it's not actually the plantar fascia, but it's one of the muscles that's uh, deeper to it. So I know I'm getting a little geeky here. So someone, someone throw a towel or something at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have a follow-up question because, yes, yeah, so you're mentioning plantar fasciitis, but there's mm-hmm. other things that can, you know, obviously happen with your foot too. I know, um, I think in every time I've trained for something in a longer capacity, so 10K, half marathon, marathon, there's always days that I've got aches and pains. Sometimes I've got cramping. Sometimes it's a little bit worse than others. Um, I'm kind of thinking there's probably, and I might, I'm overgeneralizing, but two big buckets is going to be something more muscle tendon based and then something more bone based. Is there anything that you would give like a general, if you're starting to feel this, it, you know, you're looking at more of your stretching and resting versus a resting and maybe considering medical um, treatment, I'm kind of thinking in those buckets, where do I, you know, everyone's gonna have aches and pains and niggles, but where are the dividing lines that you would suggest, you know, taking more than just a day or two off? Sure. That's a great question. And that's, that's the question that, you know, runners are constantly pondering, because yeah, we all feel aches and pains here and there. And yeah, when can you just run through them? When do you take a day or two off? When do you realize, oh, no, I'm actually cornered by this thing and I've got to go see somebody? You know, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. And there's not just an easy, um, you know, one size fits all answer, but it's a great question. And it's worth kind of trying to talk around for sure. If it's tight and achy feeling, but it, it works itself out pretty easily, then that's usually more of like a muscle tendon thing. And, and, and that, um, and you may even feel a little bit of soreness, you know, towards the end of the run or, or the next day or something like that. As long as you can positively influence it, then, then you're probably okay as far as, so, you know, I've given this analogy before. So if you take off on a run 
you know, feel a little bit of something. Okay, no big deal. Finish the run, no big deal. Okay, come back the next time and it's there only sooner or more emphatically. Okay, well, that's the time to say, okay, well, let me try a couple stretches. Let me try, you know, doing a few little exercises. And if it is less or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come on as quickly, well, then you're probably able to stay on top of it yourself. Um, but if the pain is really bad to the point where you can't run normal, even after taking a few days off, even after trying some proactive stretches and exercises, um, if the pain is bad enough that it affects how you run, affects your stride, uh, then that's the time to to see somebody about it to make sure it's not something real severe. Or again, just to get the opinion, you know, whether or not you need to take significant time off too. I know that's yeah. still a bit of a general answer, but. That makes a lot of sense. I know another thing that I've tried um, is when I have those times where I'm feeling out, is this something I need to be a little bit more cautious on? Or is this something that just needs to work out? Sometimes a big thing for me is realizing I've been, you know, running on pavement for three weeks straight. Maybe I need to run on the side of the road a little bit or find a trail and slow back my pace. But, you know, changing those mm -hmm. terrains, I find that even that has been, you know, positively impacts sometimes. So just throwing that out there for listeners as well. If you do have yeah. an op option to, you know, even on the tart, sometimes there is um, tart or Lila trail, there is the paved trail, but then off to the side, there's a foot or two of pretty flat, you know, as long as you're not running on something too uneven, but um, on the side of tart or on the side of the roads, there's some, um, some area that you can hopefully run on and get a different kind of train or even I'll find I've gone and runs where I'm like weaving back and forth between sometimes on the trail, sometimes off just to, you know, change it up a little and give a different, give different texture to under my feet. Uh, I think that's a great idea. And I, I do the same thing. I do most of my runs on the roads by my house. And a lot of times there's a decent enough shoulder that I can uh, just kind of run on the gravel or, you know, some semi-packed dirt. And also to that point, you know, if you feel something coming on, and for me personally, yeah, I've, uh, I've had plenty of ankle sprains and other issues. There's times I'll take off on a run and a half mile in, just all of a sudden my ankle just feels like I've got a sharp stabbing pain in it. And so to your question from earlier too, if it's, if it's very acute, very sharp, then that's probably more of like a, a, of a bony joint kind of a thing, I guess in the front of the ankle or kind of the top of the foot. Um, but for me, if I just kind of change my foot strike a little bit, so even to the point where I kind of turn my feet inward just a little bit, kind of pigeon toe myself, then that's often enough. I just run like that for 30 seconds or a minute, then it kind of works itself out. So there's nothing wrong with kind of tweaking some things while you're on the run. If you can make it go away, then you're probably fine. As long as it doesn't, again, keep coming back and keep coming back worse. Kind of on, on that topic. So I've pretty pretty consistently have issues with posterior tibial tendonitis being a, a toe runner it tends to be something that I, I run into most I've been able to work through it um, and I'm obviously not running much right now but what is your opinion on like kinesio tape and things like that that's usually been my go-to when when things when the post-tip issue flares up I get the tape out I do my stretches and you know just the basic maintenance type stuff and sometimes the tape it might all be in my head but sometimes the tape feels like it offers me that support that I'm kind of lacking because it will go you know all the way up up my ankle and, and things like that. And just wondering, is it in my head or is it something that as a, as a PT actually do um, support and recommend? And I should put it, um, should 
kind of put a disclaimer out there that I'm wrapping it myself just from, I had a chiropractor show me how to do it a very long time ago. Um, we watched a YouTube video together and I've just been doing it that way ever since. Um, so that being said, what's your opinion? Yeah, uh, tape I think can be effective. Um, it's, it can support muscles, tendons, ligaments that uh, are getting overburdened. And so I think it can be helpful. So, and uh, quite frankly, uh, with the people you know, I don't do it very often with, with my patients in the clinic, but even when I do, you know, I'm definitely not above just looking up a YouTube video or just kind of playing around with it and saying, okay, here, let's try this way. Okay. How does that feel? Okay. That doesn't feel so good. Okay. Let's try another way. And every person's different. So if you found a way that seems effective, then, then keep doing that. Um, I think it's the kind of thing that if you have to do it all the time, then that's too much of a crutch and you've got some other things to work on. Um, but if it's just something that you have to do occasionally just to kind of stay on top of things, then I think that's great. I think that's a perfectly, you know, perfectly good way to, you know, keep yourself from having to come see me in the clinic. Right. So, and when it comes to, you know, tibialis posterior issues, um, yeah, you feel the pain along the inside of your, um, of your shin. Um, but when you look at what it actually does and kind of how it articulates and works with other muscles, you know, it's, it's there to support the arch and, it's there to kind of allow some pronation, but not too much, and to quickly pass the baton off to the muscles that control your forefoot. And so if you're a forefoot striker, then quite often, and again, that may be the best thing for, for you, or I think it is for some people. When you forefoot strike, though, what you do is you, you bypass some of the loading. And by that, I mean muscles work best when you lengthen them first, and then they can contract. Because when you lengthen them first, they gain more power, more potential energy. Uh, much like if you try to jump as high as you can from a standing position, you don't do it with your knees straight. You squat down and then you got more power to jump higher, right? And so even in the foot, it's helpful to load the muscles first and then that allows them to push off better. When you forefoot strike, then you kind of bypass some of that load but still ask for that same force for the push off. And so sometimes that's where things like that can kind of rear their ugly head as you're asking them to work the same amount, but without giving them the load that they need to really uh, stimulate that stronger contraction. Uh, does that make sense? It does. Thank you. Yeah. And I know a lot of track club members know and can recognize my silly running style. So it's no wonder <laughs> that, that I've got some, uh, some feet issues there. It's not going to change though. I've, uh, I've tried, Jeff tried to help but I'm, I'm forever going to be a toe runner. Oh, yeah. You can always see her my, uh, runner from a mile away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I recognize, I mean, because I'm married to her, but I swear even before then, I, I could see her stride from a mile and a half away. But, yeah. uh, uh, Mike, this has been a, a ton of fun today, and uh, I'd, I'd love to touch, if we could touch on core, maybe uh, in a future episode. Uh, we've been going for a while now and I'm, I know you probably got to get to <laughs> the screaming kids in the background too but uh, um, one thing I wanted to touch on uh, before we go is uh, I know that you did a really cool thing uh, while everybody's kind of shut locked down and in quarantine but you uh, offered the book that you have written uh, can you talk about the, I think you uh, like a, a download or something can you talk about that uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a book that I wrote about a year and a half ago. It's an injury prevention book for runners. And it just kind of goes body part by body part and uh, addresses the different uh, common injuries and not only injuries, but aches and pains that runners have. So it just kind of explains why 
uh, runners tend to get irritations or pains in those areas and then what the top exercises are to do for those areas. And so it's available on, you know, in paperback and Kindle. And um, I'm not very technologically sound, but I kind of figured out that uh, through Amazon, they let me just give it away for, I think it was for three days. So I could just give it away, which was cool and didn't cost me anything. And it's just like, hey. And so I just thought, you know, um, th during this time when everyone's just kind of thrown off their game and hopefully people are taking advantage of whatever downtime they may have to be proactive with their injuries. And so I just thought, you know, wh why not just try to put it out there and if it'll help some people stay injury free for a while, then great. So, yeah, so I just put that out there to the track club and said, Hey, it's free for three days, just as an Amazon Kindle download. So, um, looks like a few people took advantage of that. So hopefully, um, all of you are finding it useful. And, uh, if you're not much for Kindle and want a paperback copy or something, then, uh, then hit me up and I'll see what I can do. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. You and, uh, I, I know I, I love talking to you every single time we get to do this or anytime I see you at the, the track club, uh, fun runs. So, uh, does anybody else have any other questions before we uh, sign off? No, I just want to say thanks again so much. Really, really appreciate you being on. And and I know all of our gears are turning. We're we're hoping to do a, a, a <laughs> another, I guess, monthly special, so a special episode. So stay tuned. But thank you, Mike. Yes, thank you so much. All right, oh, you're yeah. very welcome. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just was going to say, everybody, take care of your feet out there. I mean, some great info and <laughs> any of those aches and pains you've been experiencing, you know, Mike has gave us a wealth of knowledge here. So thank you so much, Mike. Yeah. And can I just share one really quick thing that I hoped to get to just before we, we sign off? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so just, just in context of, okay, what can we do to take care of our feet? And there's just a little simple exercise that uh, it's tough to describe, but you know, video is obviously better for it, but just as a way for everyone to be working on their foot dexterity, you know, you think of your hand dexterity, um, but foot dexterity is also very important. So a little exercise that I learned from a PT years ago um, called toe yoga. And what you do is just stand up and all you do is just raise up only your big toe and then raise up your other four while pushing your big toe down into the ground. And you just go back and forth alternating that. And it seems simple, but everyone try it. You know, just take off your shoes and, um, and just try it. And it's sort of simple, but it's actually really challenging. But that's something to work on. So just while you're around your house, you know, when you get a few moments just standing around, you know, play around with that. Do that for 30 seconds or a minute. I think you'll be surprised at how challenging it is. But I think you'll find muscles engaging in some fresh ways. So, you know, hey, if I can encourage everybody to, you know, to try that, you know, give it a try and have some fun with it. So thanks for letting me share that. I'm doing that right now and it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's why but, you're making some funny faces. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Well, cool, Mike. Thanks so much for uh, uh, stopping by the Runaround Town. We'll see you next month, okay? Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Bye, Mike. Thank you. Thanks again to Mike Swinger. As our uh, second podcast sponsor says, being an awesome human being. Really enjoy speaking with him every podcast episode. We always learn something and hopefully we're uh, bringing some knowledge to the Traverse City Track Club members about, you know, any injuries they might be experiencing. Unfortunately, our sport, uh, you know, 80% of the time, everyone's going to experience a running injury here or there. So it's really nice to have access to 
to a to a physical therapist that can help answer all of our questions. And uh, as always, if you guys have any questions to ask Mike, we would love to bring them to his attention on future episodes. You can email us at social at tctrackclub.com. All right, everybody. Well, this is uh, this has been a fun one. Might hopefully not too long, but uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the nice things uh, everyone has said to us uh, over the past few months. And uh, we just cannot wait to see everybody in uh, in person again and just be able to get out there for a run and be able to run next to each other. Uh, really miss it a lot. How about how about you guys? Yeah, it, we're definitely not going to be taking that for granted anymore. <laughs> definitely. Look forward to the day where we're all on big fun runs again and out for walks together and things like that. But until then, um, we're, yeah, just encourage everyone to stay as connected as possible and um, check in with each other and just find ways to make the most of this. I know there's a range of situations and people are dealing with, you know, all different kinds of things right now. So just, you know, try to make the best of it for your situation and then go from there as far as, you know, hopefully we'll be all, you know, spending more time together in the near future. Yep. Stay compassionate and positive and healthy and we'll uh, hopefully see everyone soon. Yeah. And as always, happy happy running. running. (laughs) The Run Around Town is a Traverse City Track Club production. The Run Around Town is produced by Jeff Hauser with Chief Running Souls Kayla Six and Jesse Hauser. The views and opinions expressed on the Run Around Town podcast are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or positions of the Traverse City Track Club. The music track is credited to Summer Nights by Liquid, freestockmusic.com, Creative Commons Attribution 3.0, Unported License. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and pretty much anywhere else podcasts are available. Plus, get all your Traverse City Track Club information at tctrackclub.com. And always remember to just run for the fun of it.